1: Welcome to another happy Tuesday here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Haley Sutton with Aisha Morrison and Jess Navarez. Uh, we are going to kind of tie up some loose ends when it comes to this Eagles versus Dallas game. Your computer is excited to yeah, do that. My computer's <laughs> like, yes, let's, let's wrap this up. <laughs> um, so... Ladies, obviously, it's not as fun being in the building when it's not a victory Monday or a victory Tuesday. But still, uh, I heard you guys chatting a little bit yesterday. A lot of positives to take away uh, from this 26-17 loss for the Eagles. Uh, Just a little bit of adversity. Jess, you know a little bit about adversity today. Oh, man.
2: (laughs) Barnacle. Oh, man. It has been a day. If y'all follow me on Twitter, like you know how my day started and how it continued to go. Like (laughs) All I'm saying is apartment living is is Kind of the worst, but that's okay because here's the thing it started off bad and then I got to come here. Now I'm with you girls, and it's just the highlight of my day, so it's getting better. Uh, in somebody on Twitter, David, uh, he's part of the B2B staff with me. He's like, Okay, this is like the first half of the Cowboys Eagles game, how my morning started, <laughs> and then now it's like the second half. So, so we're getting better,
1: everybody. It's all right, it's and hopefully, all good. like the Cowboys, you can find a way to push forward with
2: the situation. I kind of had to. I kind of had to find a way to push forward. I mean, when your apartment's getting uh, flooded from your upstairs neighbor's toilet, you find a way to push through somehow, some way. You is. find a way.
1: I am just so happy you're here with us today, <laughs> Jess. Me too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tater
1: tots. <laughs> it was a morning yell, let me say. Uh, getting back on track a little bit here, we got off. I just had to give Jess a shout out because she has had a morning yell.
2: I also just want to say to my dog, he was right in the middle of it, a <laughs> little wit, so he has like a little play area and he looked like Rose on the Titanic oh, because no. he was just on his bed so he looked like Rose on the door like it was it
1: was a chaotic morning
2: but keep i'm having our
1: thoughts you know. and prayers <laughs> Uh, in all seriousness though, ladies, uh, today was Tuesday. Uh, Jerry Jones spoke this morning on the fan. Um, the most obvious thing he talked about was Dak Prescott. I want to get to that in a little bit, but, uh, first, uh, just kind of wrapping things up, closing the book as we turn the page, uh, into Detroit, which we'll focus a little bit more on today. But, uh, from the Cowboys side, uh, I want to talk about the offense first, uh, something interesting that I was just kind of coming to the realization of earlier, uh, was the you know the struggles that the offense is having you forget that a lot of these guys are brand new to the game mm. right Jake yeah. Ferguson uh Tyler Smith uh even you know Tyler Biotish Connor yeah. McGovern like these are there are a lot of names who are, are working into the offense so a question that I was thinking about uh, as I was kind of prepping for this show that I would love for you ladies to answer uh, do you guys think this is a new era of Cowboys football when it comes to the offense? Because I think when I think of, you know, elite or iconic (laughs) offenses, you think of Jason Witten, Tony Romo, uh, even going as far back as Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin. uh, Do we think that this mix of offensive players has what it takes to kind of be the new era of Cowboys offense?
3: Um, I would say from – I would say – in regard to the offensive if you're talking about Tyler Smith and McGovern, those guys, uh, Terrence Steele, who I think is important to what they do right now. Um, the Cowboys said in the offseason they wanted to get back to being a running team, and I feel like what they're doing, some of the guys they're drafting and putting together show that they want to be a run first team. Maybe that is a way of getting back to being having that identity and stuff. And you're kind of starting to see them find their identity in the run game. I think you saw that later um, in the game against the Eagles. But as far as I mean, like, I think this year, they're. Right now, C.D. Lamb. They're trying to see if C.D. Lamb is the guy. I think he's played well in spots and everything, but I think they're trying to see if he's the guy. Michael Gallup is already tight in um, the young. The young tight ends, uh, Henny and Ferg. Those guys. Those guys. I feel like also too are in a position to where they're trying to show maybe that they're a long-term guy or whatever. So maybe you're right. Like, they did draft a lot of these gentlemen, bring them in, undrafted free agents. (laughs) Like, I mean, you're you're 100% correct. Like, I guess we do get so tied into watching them play well that we don't realize that these gentlemen are young. They're still developing. They still have room to get better, like you talk about, Jess. And I— yeah yeah I agree I guess yeah I do agree to an extent I'm trying to I guess this year maybe is a feel-out year for some of these players but I I do agree that it is funny that we forget that Tyler Smith is a rook like 21 people were like beating him up for letting like he he definitely on the interception um he he got beat around the edge on that interception and that was a big reason why that pressure came but like he had a pretty solid game for the most part. It's just crazy. You're right. But, yeah, go ahead, Jess.
2: I, I think when you're thinking of a long-term future with the Cowboys, it is easy to see why this uh, this younger team is going to be the future, you know, maybe O-line that, that you had when you had Tony and Jason, like you just mentioned, and, and that's the era I grew up watching football in. So I remember that O-line being like, nope, this is a great wall. Nobody's getting past it. But what you forget about those kind of offensive lines is, there was a time when they were young too, mm-hmm. right? Like you just remember the the glory days because they were so good, but what you forget is there was a time that everybody was young. And so what it's what's really cool to see is these younger players stepping up and even Tyler Smith for a great example, um, you know, back week one everyone's like no you know <laughs> no Tyler Smith and he has been out of the conversation for good reasons because he's doing what he needs to do mm-hmm. sure there're slip ups you know we we get that and that's going to happen he is still a rookie everybody like just <laughs> give him some time but he's done nothing to prove that he didn't deserve that spot and what's even crazier is when you see the conversation starting to come up of all right well Tyrone Smith when he comes back what's going to happen so i think that that's a very interesting conversation that I saw pop up. Pop, oh my goodness, pop up on Twitter, awesome. y'all! It's been a day. Uh, pop up on Twitter because I didn't even think of that. And and when you have a rookie that is uh, making you kind of forget that your veteran,
1: you know, guard is is out, that's yeah. that's kind of insane when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Jones talked a little bit about that. He was. Uh, you know, kept his cards very close to his chest in, this morning in regards to uh, Tyron Smith and, mm-hmm. and, you know, how he'll look and how they plan to integrate him when he comes back. So, yeah. uh, obviously, that's a conversation that I'm sure will be a hot topic uh, as we get closer to that return. The positives, though, is that he said, he you know, he's liked what he's seen so far from um, – Tyron Smith's rehab. So that's good. Uh, And also, speaking of Jerry, I wanted to read this quote really quickly Um, this morning when he was talking about the team and the offense kind of developing with the the eyes on Dak Prescott making his return. He said, quote, We are a better team than we were five weeks ago. We have improved the right way. We've done it with repetition. We've done it with young players. We've done it with players that have worked in to the kinds of things the coaches want them to do. We've had a lot of depth that gets... That has gotten a lot of reps. We're a better team than we were when we lost against Tampa, period. Mm. Facts. He put that period mm. at the end. Period. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> end Good. quote. Um, so, again, I just wanted your thoughts on that, if you agreed on that side, or, or if so, how they improved.
3: No, I like you talked about it earlier, um, adversity. Like, they have went, like, I'm not going to sit up here and say that they're just completely battle-tested, you know, but teams don't win <laughs> without their starting qb and this team had to figure out different ways to, to to win these games obviously you got you know good play certain splash plays from special teams defenses came through in a mighty way but then also i want to highlight kellen Moore and just the maturity that it's taken from him like obviously he still has his blemishes in certain spots but he really has changed um how this offense is being run. It is predominantly through the run. It's predominantly through the run game. But just some of his concepts, his blocking concepts, if you look at some of the past plays, I mean, there's guys open. He is scheming better and differently, a little differently than what he did last year. So I, I think that they have – Came out collectively and came together to make make it through this point in time without Dak Prescott. Um, and I, I do agree that it, it makes them it makes them look better. The fact that they did what they've done without their starting quarterback, without good field position almost every game, with with losing time of possession almost every game, like finding a way to win. There's something to be said about that. And in this league, it typically is with coaching. It's typically with guys coming together and and playing together as one. And you've heard this team echo the same things in these interviews, is that this is an unselfish team. They had to come together to win this game. And I think the unselfishness is going to help later on in the season.
2: Yeah, and I I think uh, I'm looking at the definition of resilience here. Mm -hmm. It says the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, toughness. So when you think of week one, uh, and we talk about this a lot, you're walking out of that Tampa Bay game. The news of Dak's thumb injury comes out. Everybody walking out of that game was like, oh, the season's done. That's it. Like, we we just saw the the, the one game with Dak. In. Like, it was the worst possible case scenario walking out of that game and, and just such a heavy feeling. Well, no, because nobody expected the Cowboys to do what they've done. And it doesn't necessarily mean, uh, you know, there's of course, there's only, what, Uh, fewer there's only fewer preseason games uh, that we see so that week one doesn't define really any team in the NFL and I think that's so important to learn so I think it's hard to say how they're better for say but I know that they're resilient because of everything that they've had to come all of the adversity I mean you lose your starting quarterback week one Come on, guys. How many how many teams can pull together and actually win like they have? And and again, we've talked about why Cooper Rush deserves the credit for that, and we'll get to that later. But um, you know, I think when you when you look at this team as a whole. It it wasn't necessarily that they were never good. It wasn't necessarily that that talent was never there. It's always been there. It's just been, one, you have a bunch of young players, Mm -hmm. like we talked about. They have to get used to that. Whether they had preseason reps or not, you're going up against the starters when the regular season starts. Two, you have, you know, all all of the outside noise of everything that we hear and we consume. That's not what's going on in the locker room, and I think it's hard to kind of remember that sometimes. The messages that, you know... People talk about as fans that they think they know is not what's going on in that locker room. Mm -hmm. And I think that brotherhood has always been there since day one. And I think the closeness and tight knit of this team is something that it's not necessarily better. It's always been there. And I think you're just seeing the start of it. I think as far as getting better, they're just going to start to find that groove to see how beastly they're about to be. Because, uh, you know, until we have Dak back in, until the Cowboys have Dak back in, I should say, um, we won't necessarily know what they look like. I still think the best is yet to come for this team, and that says a lot, considering, you know, they're still in the conversation for being one of the best teams in the NFC right now.
1: Yeah, and I love that you mentioned uh, the adversity that goes into that because when you look at the opposite side of the ball, you've got a team of, you know, mostly veteran experience. And then you have guys like Micah who's already playing uh, like a veteran. And in games like Sunday when they let up the most touchdowns, you know, um, that they have all season, uh, and listening to Dan Quinn yesterday, you could tell he Mm. was just – so fired up, he was so feisty. I think the first thing that came out of his mouth was that he was pissed because of, you know, he kept saying, you know, we know the standard that we can play at, we know what we are capable of, and when we don't play to that standard, it makes us mad, like it makes him mad. And my favorite thing uh, that he said, and it just goes to your um, playing against adversity and holding yourself accountable, he talked about how everyone was patting them on the back and saying, you know, like, oh, that second half effort was really good. And he said, we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> we don't, you know, like we, we yeah. shouldn't have yeah. to be getting a pat on the back for our second half effort oh, exactly. if we take care of business uh, in the first half. So, uh, you know, when you talk about accountability, adversity, resiliency, I think all of those things uh, kind of layer in together.
3: Yeah. And I think that. Um, you know, to pick it back up for what you said with Dan Quinn, and I listened to his uh, his press conference as well, and you could feel that Melted he was fushed. Oh, he was frustrated because one thing about Dan Quinn as well is like he's an assignment-based coach. Like, and the tackling in this game was was a problem. Yeah. This game, gap integrity. Jay Ron Kirsch talked about on Cowboys Hour. Please check out Haley Sutton. So <laughs> good. Um, if you want to learn Our more queen about of these many absolutely. talents absolutely. Like, if you want to learn more about these players, and also get some context on some of the things within the game. Please check her out. Um, J. Ron Curse talked about you know them not playing their assignments, guys kind of being out of spots, out of position, because they are trying to make a play. Um, I, I feel like, yeah, I felt I felt that. I felt him. I felt him when he was like, I'm pissed. I was like, I'm sure they're going to be pissed. But I, in, in this game, I felt like the defense really – I mean, all things considered, you can't be – I can't be too upset about some of the things that, that happened with them. I think that – but I also will say – Credit to the Eagles.
2: Was their just best their
3: offensive that. scheme yeah. is legit, and it's it's hard coming through my teeth. It is. You sound like Jason Garrett Tater on that tops. pregame show, girl. Oh, man. That was it's hard cringe. coming through my teeth. That was so cringe. But what they do with the RPO, with how they pull and pin guards, how they put your defense in tough situations, I do think this is going to be a great learning experience. That that's going to be a rumble. Christmas, <laughs> baby. I don't even. My family don't even celebrate Christmas. That might be it for me. You understand me? Mm-hmm. Give me some eggnog and call it a day. Oh, but no that, eggnog. Girl, no, do Oh, gosh. you already came at me for what well, we like pumpkin spice. You don't like my eggnog. No, no. I, look,
2: no, I tried it live on air one time when I'm I was hurt. on local news, I'm and hurt. that was the worst decision because I almost threw up on TV. I'm hurt. So. They
3: took advantage of the Cowboys' aggressiveness early in that game, and I'm glad. Like, I, I really think this is going to be fantastic teach tape for these young defensive player Sam Williams is going to get a lot of good teach tape out of this game but yeah I, I felt Dan Quinn yesterday when he said that I was like yeah I'm I'm I'm, I'm mad too this yeah, is hard to watch yeah no, I'm mad it's hard to watch
2: yeah well and I again credit to the Eagles because really I think as a as, uh, on the Cowboys side too, of things she's on she's the Cowboys side of things you you don't want to admit how good they actually are but here's the thing, I they're 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 doing great. And I think a lot of that credit goes to Jalen Hurts and the kind of quarterback he is, how he's played. I mean, right now he's ranked ninth in completion percentage through six games at 66.8%. Last season, during that time, during this same week, he was ranked 26. Mm-hmm. So to show you the progression he's made within a year, you have to give credit where it's due. Jalen Hurts, I think, is just such a big reason uh, that, you know, the Eagles are playing like they are. He's also ranked third in yards. Uh, per attempt at 8.23, and I mean, honestly, giving credit where it's due, he's uh, a large reason why the Eagles are still undefeated. Yeah. However, I, uh, I'd i like to believe that we're not going to keep saying that for much longer, but I know Haley wanted to talk about their
3: schedule and kind of looking ahead I don't know I'm guys looking at this
1: schedule <laughs> yeah. y'all.
3: I don't know guys that's uh. I I want to add. I think you're right. I mean yeah, the RPO is very important to what they do and him being a running quarterback um is going to it, it's not the norm like like we talked about like the Cowboys won't see um, that many quarterbacks that have that capability or even just that that scheming like that they were they were using against them if they see it again, hopefully they respond well to it. But field position was huge in this game as well. You put your like the offense put the Cowboys defense on within, you know, on the 40. Like, I mean, I think the Eagles were within the Cowboys 40, like four times this game. That's not, it's, is it, is it possible? I think they helped them to field goals twice in those, those situations. But when you talk about complimentary football as well, I think that we have to acknowledge defensively, they were put in some rough spots. Um, They don't make excuses. It's not their job to, I'll say it. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say really quick, we're going to have to take our first break, but, uh, and this is a question I would love for our social media listeners to get involved with. Are the Eagles as good as they are on paper? I'm going to read their schedule out really quickly. They opened the season with the Lions, and then they played the Vikings, the Commanders, the Jaguars, the Cardinals, and last week against the Cowboys. They do have the potential to be 10 and 0. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, with the uh, Steelers, Texans, Commanders, Colts lineup before they get the Packers. <sighs> uh, so I would love to hear from our social media, from our listeners right now. Tweet us, DM us. Uh, do you think the Eagles are actually as good as their 6-0 and record on paper? I'm going to let us stew on that uh, as we take our first break on girls talk boys talk when we come back though it's tuesday and we once again have a very special guest joining us in the studio so stick with us as we introduce you to a special guest this is girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the official dating partner of the dallas cowboys
4: at jigsaw dating we obviously want the cowboys to bring that sixth ring home but to be honest we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger
0: What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi zero sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with a recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference, make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more.
1: Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to introduce you to our special jet, special guest in just one minute, but first, let's go over to Jess. All right,
2: let's talk all about Q. Barbecue Fest Miller Lite is proud to bring you Q Barbecue Fest Dallas, located at the Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium. Join your Cowboys from November 4th through November 6th for some of the best barbecue in the country. Get your tickets today at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. I love barbecue, y'all. That sounds too. delicious. Time for lunch.
1: <laughs> Early lunch, dinner, I guess. It's dinner time. <laughs> yes. uh, before we get to dinner, though, uh, we are so excited to start doing this every Tuesday where we are spotlighting women within the Dallas Cowboys organization. And I can't think of a better second guest for us to have than Emily Cruz Robbins, the Senior Director of Community Relations and Alumni Affairs. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. and know you've had a busy day, uh, but I just kind of want to open the floor to you quickly. Tell us a little bit about you and Uh, what you do here at the Dallas Cowboys. Oh my goodness. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So
5: um, again, I do the community outreach and I've been with the organization 28 years. This is my 29th season. So date myself a little bit there. But um, yeah, so we were out in the community today. We call it Community Tuesday during the season where we engage with our Today was current players, former players, and cheerleaders. We were visiting a middle school, so we have we do so much. Um, but just really happy to get to be the person to help facilitate it.
2: Yeah, I love that. And and so, what are some of the initiatives that you all tackle? No pun intended, but uh, you know during the season and even during the off season.
5: Well, there's a lot. Um, we have a strategic plan, and so we have five pillars um, for the five points of the star that we strategically plan around um, during the season and in the off-season, primarily um, with the Salvation Army and everything that they do all year long to help people in need. Um, We focus a lot of our efforts there. Um, Youth and health and uh, youth football. um, Women's initiatives, which we just got off of um, Crucial Catch and our Breast Cancer Survivor um, Star Survivor Program. Let's see. And then there's the Hispanic demographic that we, you know, target a lot of our activations around military and salute to service is coming up in December. So, yeah. So all year long, there are themes during during the season uh, that we build our weeks about um, leading into our game. So there's themes at games, So we build our activations that week around that game theme.
3: Beautiful, beautiful, Aisha. Yeah, you just mentioned Salute to Service. I am a veteran of eight years, and I wanted um, to know, Emily, like, what types of events do you folks host for veterans? And I think it will be healthy for us to know I want to come.
5: For sure. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. Of yeah, absolutely. Um, well, so for, Salute to Service this year is, um, the game is on December the 4th against the Colts. Um, it's also our My, My Cause, My Cleats game. Mm. Oh, so I love, we, love that, that game. one. Yeah. <laughs> love so that. we are going to have a heavy, heavy, um, really exciting showing of um, Medal of Honor cleats. So for the Medal of Honor recipients. So it's going to wow. be so cool. All of our coaches are wearing Medal of Honor recipients' cleats, and I don't know if that's a surprise or not, but I just said it. Um, and then we We <laughs> love <laughs> um, um, dropping ex- bombs here yeah, yeah, on yeah, the podcast. Dropping bombs on yeah. talk uh, boys talk. Uh, There's another. I'll just say another position group are all wearing Medal of Honor cleats to honor our military that served and that are recipients. So it's going to be amazing um, that they're combined this year. So, but backing up um, on Halloween, we're hosting trick or treat for active and veteran military members, and they're families to come to the star and um come trick-or-treating and get a tour yeah bring their children um so that's a you know there's a sign up for that in advance um so that's something on october 31st we actually do here um we're doing a women's workshop where we're um hosting um it's a career day if you will and a bunch of our corporate sponsors will be there um And so we are working with, again, the Salvation Army, and then we've also invited um, a group of veteran women that are interested and may need some help um, finding jobs. So, yeah, all year long, um, not just during Salute to Service Week, one other really great program we do is we do a baby shower for 20 military women, pregnant women, whether they're serving themselves or their um, spouses are serving. And so they get... Pour. It's a it's a baby shower here at the star, and they get so much great stuff. Thank
3: you so much for that. I feel like I know as a veteran how many times I wanted help, assistance. And I was looking for someone to help me. So I think it's so healthy that you are giving this information out for other women. I hope that it helps other veterans. Well, thank you. Oh, yeah. Lordy. <laughs> the the baby, like, the baby stuff should, is, yeah. like, I don't know if people know how hard it is being a military spouse or a widower. But I have friends who have gone through these things and went through pregnancy and things alone. And it's hard on you. It is hard on you. So I just... I'm encouraged by there being support here at the STAR. It makes a lot of sense.
1: Emily, for you, you can tell. I'm just watching you talk about what you do, and you just gush. (laughs) She loves it. Uh, (laughs) You can just tell. uh, Where does that passion come from? Because I think sometimes with community service it can be challenging because you need volunteers. Uh, There's a lot of moving parts that go into it. Where does your passion come from?
5: You know, that's a great question. I don't know that I've ever been asked that. Um, It definitely comes from within, and I think above – all, I like helping people, and so this is a great place to be because we do so much to help others. And it's not me that's helping them. It's our organization and the Jones family that supports. I am just fortunate to be in the position to be the person to facilitate the helping or facilitate helping create the character conversations that we did today and hopefully we touch someone's life, you yes, know, talking yeah. about mental health or yes. anti-bullying. So yeah. I just am thankful to be the person in the middle of it, um, you know, connecting the dots. And I think it, yeah. I just like, I just like to be a helper, you know. Just like to help people, and that's, you know, th- that's me my whole life.
2: Oh, that's beautiful. That. And the and weird. so, did you ever think that you would work within the realm of sports and community relations? How did that story come up? Because <laughs> I, I think it's so beautiful. Like you said, you have this incredible platform with the Dallas Cowboys to be able to give back to so many different groups and so many different peoples and in so many different ways, right? Mm-hmm. So, did you ever think that you would tie sports in uh, and, and then community relations and Make this beautiful little marriage. No, with them both.
5: not at all. All I knew is I wanted to do public relations and community relations. And not even public relations, I didn't even have community relations when I went to college. So it was a journalism degree. And, um, you know, I. Yeah. I just wanted to do public relations. I knew I wanted to work in-house corporate PR, not at an agency. So I had that defined. And then I was a candidate at my college for a minority recruiting program that the National Football League was hosting. Uh And so that's, and I was like, sure, I'll try. And that's how it started. And so then I went to work in New York City at the league office and there I was in sports. Now, they knew I loved football. I was I was a, I was a um, athlete and then a cheerleader in high school and college. And so they knew I liked football. So I think that was one thing. And when from your te- when you're from Texas, you know, you grew up and with football. To die. <laughs> so, but no, to answer your question, I never thought that um, my my you know my degree would be what I was you know doing my life career with. So no, not ever did I think
1: about that. What's been your favorite part of this journey so far?
5: gosh, which a decade?
1: <laughs> I'm in my third decade.
5: You know, well, there's so many great things. I mean, from the community, you know, side, I think working with, you know, Salvation Army and just being a part of all the great things that they do. They they help so many people in need and there's the need is so great. So I see that on a daily basis. And then getting to see, you know, Make-A-Wish children, all the wishes we do, see them smile and have happiness while they're here. Um, that's amazing. And I know they're not here to see me. I know they're here to see the players, which <laughs> I'm so happy to get to help, have, help to be a piece of that magic. Um, but something's really funny. When I first started here... Me and the guys were all the same age. We were like brothers and sisters, you know, like, you know, Troy, Emmett, Michael, we're all born in that decade. And then, you know, they retire and we keep working. So then it's the next decade of players. So I was the sister and then the aunt and now I'm kind of the mom and now they call me Miss Emily. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like, oh my god, they're calling Miss Emily. That's so sweet. Miss and Emily. so I think maybe one day if I'm the grandma, I may retire. But I don't know. I don't know.
1: I think I got a lot more in me. So oh. I'm seen them interact with you though Mm -hmm. like as you're waiting outside the locker room uh Mm -hmm. to get them to sign up for stuff and you again like you can just tell they they flock to you so I think the (laughs) Miss Emily I I I can't wait to be like a Miss Haley one day to some of these guys because it's so cool you get to see we were just talking earlier uh, about the offense currently and they're so young and you forget but that's such fresh perspective because yeah. you know hopefully in 10 years and we're still doing this and yeah. you see those guys kind of grow up right before you And know yeah.
5: they're like the same age as my son now oh. so yeah and crazy. so
2: last week we had asked mo who was who was our previous guest what any what is any advice you have for someone specifically women that that want to break through in this career path and and kind of follow your footsteps what is the best advice you can give them
5: don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't, or because really my dream was to become—I was a—I wanted to be a broadcaster, and uh, someone—you know, are, yeah, right. there, there you go. You did. So, <laughs> and so I, you know, I let someone tell me that I couldn't, and I regret that. So I would definitely say, if that's your passion and that's what you want to do, push—you know—push for it, and don't ever settle. You know that. You know, second best. Now it all worked out. I love what I do, and it you know probably was you know my path and my journey. But I, I think st- stick to what you want to do and be patient because sometimes it doesn't always happen like that. You know, everybody wants this you know um, you know instant gratification. So I think mm-hmm. being patient um, and being strong and and being willing to learn as you. Grow And if your dream job isn't always available, be willing to do something else and add that to your toolbox along your way, because you'll eventually get where you want to go if you're determined. But utilize every opportunity to add to your toolbox.
2: Oh, beautifully said. I know. Speaking to <laughs> just right to the heart. It's it's definitely beautiful to see. And I needed that. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's so that. empowering and inspiring to hear you and hear your journey of how you never even thought that this was a possibility, and yet you still love it so so much. And so, if you have one favorite memory that you can key in on out of out of everything that you do, what is the first thing that comes to mind that you can tell
1: us? <laughs> okay, no, we yeah. had to say that to Mo last oh, week PG. Could the PG version yeah. <laughs> one favorite
5: memory gosh I have so many I mean every week is a memory and I think that says you know I don't know that I would be able to do this job if it was the same all these years mm-hmm. so I think every week is we create memories you know we like for Make-A-Wish we plan every wish the same but something different happens every, every game so I just think Probably getting my first Super Bowl ring. Oh, okay. that first. is a
1: memory. I, her first She's Super Bowl ring, First of three. <laughs> yeah, three. yeah. The search right. for that one too. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: I'm> like, <laughs> humble brag, Bragging a greater key. thing. Yeah. All right. So next time we see you, Emily, I really want you to bring all of the Super Bowl rings that you have, and I want you to just sport them up for us, <laughs> like because that. that's that's more than a memory. That's beautiful. Yeah.
1: Emily, as we wrap up really quickly, uh, some maybe some special projects or some events that you have coming up that we can let Cowboys Nation know about.
5: Oh, gosh. Okay, so the holidays are just around the corner, so I would encourage everyone to, one, donate to those red kettles when you see them when they get out there. Um, Red kettles across the nation raise so much money for – so many people in the need right now is greater than ever with, you know, the prices of food and um, people needing food. So yes. I would say please donate to the Red Kettles. And even if you did $25 a month um, as a gift for someone, if you can afford that, I mean, it's ongoing. The need is all year long. Um, and then I would say also for the Salvation Army, at, if you are able to adopt an angel and buy a wish or a need for a child um, to be able to help um, parents provide christmas for children. I would say those are two things we really, you know, encourage everyone to be to participate and wherever you're listening, you can do it. They have Salvation Army everywhere. So
1: Emily Cruz-Robbins, Senior Director of Community Relations and Alumni Affair. Emily, thank you, well, so, thank much. you so, there's so much. Your thank you your applause. <laughs> thank y'all. We love getting insight uh, from all of the ladies in this office, in this building. So thank you so much for what you do, and thank you so much for joining us. We are going to take our second and final break here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. When we come back, we are on DAC Watch. We're going to talk a little DAC Prescott to wrap up the show. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys.
3: Food Slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day.
1: that little intro come in on girls what talk. Is what is that my, my shoulder shimmy Aisha. <laughs> this is girls talk boys talk to presented talk by season. jigsaw the official dating partner of the dallas cowboys i'm not gonna let aisha talk smack about my shoulder shimmy so we're gonna go straight over to jess
2: all right well get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate cowboys fan join dallas cowboys united presented by globe Life, starting at just 20 dollars. join now and get your fan pack exclusive Benefits and more. Visit DallasCowboys.com/United for details to join today. Things you love to see. Twenty dollars. That's that's a good deal. I $20. love that.
1: Someone else who's making a little more than $20, uh, Jack Prescott. Jazzy, do we have the
2: cha-ching? <laughs> or like a little applause? Anything for Jack. Just, just the – there there, you, there. it is. <laughs> uh,
1: all signs are pointing at him being the starter on Sunday. Uh, I think we can feel a little bit confidently about that. He even posted on his Instagram, I think, for the first yes. time since week one, kind of trolling us. So uh, all signs are looking that way. Mike McCarthy telling us that he should have cleared uh, his – medical protocols going forward he should be at practice as a full go uh tomorrow uh jerry jones was a little bit cryptic i think this morning he didn't quite want to come out and announce Dak as the starter which makes perfect sense you want to give him a week uh to get back adjusted to knock some of that rust off see where he's really at but uh he threw on Sunday before the game everyone I've spoken to who saw him said he looked good he looked ready he Mm -hmm. probably could have played on Sunday Mm -hmm. uh so that's just positive uh but a question that I have been pondering and I love y'all's insight uh how does this offense improve with Dak because we've seen what Cooper Rush has done obviously with the tools that he's had He's been consistent. How do we get the offense to take that next step with Dak?
2: Go ahead, Jess. Oh, I was like, go ahead, girl. Uh, It's because I was reading Dak's uh, caption. You said he posted on Instagram, and it was, control the controllables. And I think that is such a valuable statement. It's so little, but it says so much. Because I think when you add Dak back into the mix, what you do is a few things. One, you get your stability back at quarterback. It's no longer a guessing game of, oh, when is he going to be ready? You know, how long is this going to happen? Not that I think that was happening for the team at any point. I think that's more on the outside noise Like I had mentioned earlier, but what you get is you get your leader back and, and that just uh, having Dak in a room is so powerful. I, I think for anybody and no knock on Cooper rush again, I want to preface this by saying Cooper rush, we appreciate everything you have done for this team uh, up until this point, but when you have Dak in, it's just such a different vibe. It's such a different energy that he brings to this team. And so uh, I, I think Give him a little time, a little space to knock off some rest. I don't think it's going to take him long. I think he's itching to get out there. But what I'm excited to see out of Dak is, like we had mentioned earlier, Aisha had brought up that article a while back, is how he said, I took a step back, I saw things from a new perspective, and it can just be simple. So what I'm really excited to see is Dak's new perspective show when he's playing and, and not maybe changing the play calling as much and not calling off certain things and instead just believing in his own skill set because I think the best version of Dak comes when he believes in himself. He has the complete total trust and, and belief from the rest of his team, from the rest of his offense. I think when when you see Dak struggling, it's a it's a mental fight and, and that's I think that's so important for anybody to shed light on because that's so relatable. I mean, really, when you, when you look at your worst days, who's your worst critic? Yourself. And and I think Dak Prescott coming back off of yet another adversity in his life is just going to show something that is so beautiful. And
3: uh, I'm on the Dak hype train. I'm so excited to get QB1
2: back. What yeah. about you?
3: Um, I think schematically, it, you should be ex- I, I I think that I, I'm excited about it because when you look at the film... You see so many instances where you say to yourself, "Okay, I think Dak would have made that second read. Okay, I think Dak could have got that two yards here. I think you get in those third, those all those third and short situations yesterday. There, like or RPO situations there. And Cooper Rush is not the guy that's going to do that. And if you also look at the Eagles' defense as a whole, this last game, you could tell that they knew what they were getting at quarterback. Um, the qu- they knew the type of quarterback they were playing against. So schematically, I think that you get more in your passing game um, in this. And then also, too, I think Dak is returning to an offensive line I talked about yesterday that is more put together than it was at to start the year. I think this offensive line is so, slowly but surely coming together. A lot of young guys like we talked about. Um, But I think that, and like you said, he gets better. You get better because he's in the room. Like, you get better because he's in the room. He's there. He's already been in the room, it sounds like, anyway. But to this capacity, to be leading this team, it's important for him to be there. Um, And I think that your defense is going to rejoice, too.
2: And you were talking about (laughs) growth earlier. We're talking about, you know, have the Cowboys gotten better? I think finally getting Dak back, you have the stability, and you have finally kind of that that ground to grow from. So I I think if you want to talk about growth – we're going to see it even from this week if he starts it's you know we can't say it's official yet but if whenever Dak's starting point is to the following week you're going to see growth every week and I think that's just such a key thing for Dak is he's not going to stop improving
1: yeah you keyed in on something uh that I the leadership I think it's obviously it's common for your quarterback to be a leader right but I think this period in Dak's career has really kind of shifted the way he thinks about leadership uh and something interesting uh um, Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons went on a podcast called The Pivot Podcast. Pivot is so good. Yes. Yeah, and uh, Micah was asked about Dak Prescott and asked, you know, about his injury and how he's handled it. And Micah said, the thing that's been the most impressive is that Dak was never sad. He was never down. He was never, you know, pity me, feel sorry for myself. He has just been a constant positive in reinforcement in the locker room, on the sideline, you know, when he's coaching up his guys or whatever it is. Um, And I think that that takes a special kind of leadership. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it's hard. It's hard when you're sitting there and you know you're the guy. Like the quarterback controversy was a joke. You know you're that guy. Right. Yeah. Right? And yet here you are. You're having to watch fans who rock your jersey every week talk about leave Cooper in. People are still saying it on Twitter, leave Cooper in. Oh, gosh. Right? you have that, you have this guy who's performing better than expectations and not that he ever wished on Cooper's downfall but Mm. it's that natural instinct inside you, I think Christy was the one or Jane was the one maybe who talked about it, uh, of wanting to be a competitor Mm. Uh, but I just thought that that insight was so cool to know that like on the opposite side of the ball, these guys are seeing what Dak brings to the table as a leadership and so I think this injury, I mean
3: he probably won't see it that way but it's been such a positive thing for him and I'm really excited about seeing if this because this, like I said this, this offense has gotten back to going downhill with the run game and stuff and I, I personally have said that I think that Dak Prescott is as a runner has always been important to his game and it's been talked about I, I wonder if some of the grit that this offensive line is starting mm-hmm. to play with rubs off on him a little bit and we start to see a couple stiff arms sometimes I know people get tight in their chest but we can't play scared no more like I don't and I think maybe he's not I, I hope that he wouldn't come out here and play scared but I think that maybe at add, adding some of what Jalen Hurts was able to do to this Cowboys defense to what to what Dak Prescott can do could be also helpful to this offense as well. So I'm I'm looking for him to come out play comfortable because he has something to come back to that's Kind of kind of been floating, right? And and see if we get some some more explosive plays, splash plays sometimes in this in this offense as well.
2: I also think he is going to give these wide receivers a lot of confidence yes. to play with. And again, I'm talking about stability. When, you know, and of course there's conversations that go on that we don't ever know about, we don't get to hear. But when you have your QB1 finally in, you can start to see that that chemistry and the connection with Dak and Noah Brown or Dak and Michael Gallup. You can finally see that building. So I think getting that wide receiver core more confident in themselves and, and with who they're playing with, it it is going to show, and
3: I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Less Y'all. mass protection, tight ends get, some, get a little bit more burned as receivers. I, I mean, listen, these young tight ends are also coming together, too. I think we can see them maybe get more, depending on what's happening. We haven't talked about it, but depending on what's happening with Dalton Schultz, um, I think also, too, you can see the tight ends get a little bit more burned, too, because you're not – with with Dak being a little bit more mobile i think you'll have less max protection situations as well so yeah yeah let's see let's see let's we'll see. see Lions lines Lions got a couple of, they got a couple guys over there they they can make some stuff shake so we'll get into it tomorrow but yeah
2: overall though i think the message here is you know what it's a loss you move on <laughs> you turn the page
3: and you have a lot of very exciting things to look it's forward a long to. Long season, y'all. It's like 11 more weeks in this thing. We <laughs> got a minute. Calm down. 11 more Pipe weeks. Down. We
1: do not have 11 more weeks today on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. That's all the time we have. But tomorrow we're gonna break down this Lions matchup. We'll talk a little bit more about what Dak Prescott brings to the table and the Cowboys as they prepare for that matchup at home against the Lions. That'll do it for us though today. For Aisha, for Jess, I'm Haley. We'll see you tomorrow.